Welcome to On The Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today's guest is Carol Kelly, retired from Tennessee WMU as their Executive Director Treasurer. She has served on three state WMU staffs as well as national WMU. She's a graduate of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. She grew up in Hamilton, Texas and went to college in San Marcos. After college, she tried teaching, but retired after four years. Carol, welcome to On the Journey Conversations. Thank you. We're delighted to have you. I'm glad to be here. So how did a woman who had spent her entire life in WMU, except the four years when she retired from public school teaching, how did a WMU woman wind up in prison at Lockhart? Uh, By the grace of God, and his direction, because I never ever planned and anticipated going into a prison, much less telling people, well, I'll be in prison that day, so I can't be a part of whatever was being planned. And I went to a church in New Braunfels, checked out ministry options. And in the ministry option, there was a woman who was leading Bible study at a county jail. I later learned she was doing that by herself and had been at that point over 20 years. I called her up. I said, Iris, uh, may I go with you to the county jail? And she said, yes. (laughs) And I started going with her on Sunday afternoon to be her assistant uh, leading Bible study. She did it. I would be there to talk to the women. Mm-hmm. I would be there if she needed something, or I, would, I was the prayer. And uh, so that's when I began to meet and talk to women on the inside and to identify that they were just women. Yeah. And not anything different for me except by the grace of God that they wound up there and I wound up being able to leave every Sunday afternoon. That was the beginning of uh, my involvement in in what has become a prison ministry. So you got your feet wet in the jail, and then how did you get to Lockhart? How did you get to prison? The opportunity came up through one of the other volunteers who said, my church is anticipating beginning a faith dorm at Lockhart where 50 women would request to come together, be approved, move into a dorm. Volunteers would go into that dorm every day and teach Bible study, teach life skills, teach enrichment kind of subjects. That's a pretty transformational thought in prison ministry to create a faith-based dorm. I have not seen another ministry that seems to be as consistent and as impactful as this one is for many reasons. Now, others are good. Mm -hmm. I'm not knocking that. The consistency we have, the the curriculum that we've pulled together, the consistency of volunteers. Every woman is in a discipleship group that meets once a week. And as many life coaches as we have, they're signed to one-on-one 
to walk through their journey, their experience, to give them some stronger foundation to be able to return to the free world. Plus the women have made a commitment. I want a different life. Exactly. When I get out, I want things to look differently. Exactly. And so there is a positive influence with their peers that there wouldn't be in the general population, I'm guessing. Yes, exactly. There are other Bible study opportunities that come in to general population. These women have made that commitment. Mm -hmm. They've asked to be interviewed. They've passed the interview and been approved. So they know that they're coming in to an intensive program. And so they've made that commitment. They've made the commitment. The volunteers have made the commitment. The Lord has opened the door. It's an exciting blend to watch happen. That gives me chill bumps. Talk about transformation of lives, that you get to experience that depth of transformation. It, it is exciting uh, to me. I, a friend of mine who's also a volunteer calls Lockhart her happy place. Wow. And, wow. And I agree with her. Uh, it is our happy I don't think about where I'm going. I mean, I'm just casually going to prison. They know me there. The exciting part to watch the light bulbs mm-hmm. come on. Uh, there are several in, pop into my mind as we talk. I know the minute they got it. Yeah. Tell me about some of those. There was one that was in my discipleship group, and bless her heart, she wanted so badly to change, and she was praying so hard. She never came to discipleship group that she didn't start crying. Every time she shared something, it was just, there were tears. And we all came prepared to help her with Kleenexes. It was that way every day. She got out, went home, restored to her family. Today, she is involved in prison ministry. Oh, wow. She is leading discipleship groups. She has a group that she's on Facebook with, and she's invited me to be a part of that, so I get to see their stories. Her small community has highlighted her ministry through the paper. The difference in their pictures from when they were an inmate (laughs) to now, there's so many of them that it's like, only God. Only God can bring about that kind of change. And you get to see redemption at work. Yes. Lives redeemed for the kingdom. You get to see that day in and day out. Yes, I do. The women are why I keep going back and why I have been there in Lockhart for 11 years. In prison ministry, much closer to 16 to 17 years. I know what it's done to me. Yeah. And I know how it's changed my life. And it's so rewarding to hear from them now that they're in the free world. Even as they are still in prison, when they come to you and say, Miss Carol, I got a letter from my family today, and that's the first letter I've had in five years. I I got the chance to call my family, and that's the first time I've talked to my children in three years. Just to see how God opens doors and to hear them say, 
Only God could do this. Only God can change my heart to this point to be open to forgiving, mm -hmm. to dropping all the baggage, to changing my life. Yeah. I just get to be an instrument in the process, yeah. and it is so exciting to watch their lives you change. You get to be a witness to God's transformative power at work. Yes, and it amazes me now to keep up with different grads through Facebook, to read their testimonies, mm -hmm. to see how God is at work in their life. Well, you mentioned Facebook. I love your post where you'll say, today in prison, I learned um, this or that. What are some of the lessons that you've learned? Because I'm guessing by what you say, you've learned more than you've taught. That is probably the truest statement of all. One of the things that I've learned is whatever we as volunteers and I as a volunteer think is the most important thing they need to hear today out of this passage of Scripture or out of this study is not what they're going to come back at me and quote. I've learned that even though I think there are certain foundational things that every Christian ought to hear mm -hmm. and know, they are going to pick up on what's the most important thing to them. Yeah. And so I need to be listening and paying attention to their comments and what they have to say. Uh, well, what has God done in your life? As you reflect on their lives, what has He taught you about yourself? I think He's reminded me the most important thing that I need to be as a believer is an authentic believer. Okay. To be there and to be real. Mm-hmm and for them to see your life and see through your story, God has been at work. No, my story is not anything like theirs. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church before I was born. I was active in every part of the church. I had a church family and a birth family that nurtured me in my faith. I would say 95% of them never had that. Yeah. And so we come from two different worlds. But to let them see we are all broken people. That's exactly right. To share with them, I understand how you feel. I didn't do that. I didn't go through that thing. But I have had that feeling before when this happened in my life. You know, in WMU, I had the privilege of leading so many conferences, speaking, challenging, nurturing leaders. This is a different audience mm -hmm. than what I spent almost 30 years doing. This is a different reality. And so I pray that I was an authentic person through all of my life and real mm -hmm. wherever I was that with this audience, it's very, very important to be real. Yeah. Well, they can see through <laughs> anything, can't they? Yes, they can. Yeah. One of the most exciting things that happened is that somewhere along the way, this is several years ago, the Lord just put on my mind and my heart 
to do a hymn sing within the dorm. They sing the praise songs. Some of them know the hymns. So my twin brother and his wife were coming down and I enlisted two sisters that lived nearby, one I lived with, and then we enlisted a friend who plays the piano and we went in one Friday morning just to sing hymns. Mm -hmm. They loved it. And I, the comments were, you know, when I went to church with my grandmother, those are the songs uh -huh. we sang. Yeah. It's almost always my grandmother, uh -huh. almost. And, you know, I remember going to church when I was young and those were the songs we sang. That also happened to be near our birthday and that was one of the reasons my twin brother was coming down. And they knew that. We had a good day. My family enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. They came and talked to my family members. But when I went back in by myself the next week or two, what surprised me the most, the comment that came back to me through several different women was, I can't believe you shared your family with us. I can't believe that you spent your birthday time with your twin brother coming into the prison to share with us. I just can't believe you made that a priority when you could have been having a party, when you should have been visiting with them, you know, on and on. And that was so totally off my radar. Uh, my, my screen never anticipated those kinds of comments. I anticipated, that was so much fun. I'm glad yeah. we did that. You know, those hymns were so meaningful to me. To, but no, the most memorable thing for most of them was that I shared my family with them. Wow, that's incredible. Well, speaking of family, I know there are people listening who have prodigal children, prodigal mothers, who are in prison or who are addicted to drugs or who have gone a different direction than we had hoped and prayed. What would you say to the people listening who've lost hope today, who've given up on their family? Don't lose hope. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, I've learned that within my own family, uh, and I've, I've learned it as a result of watching my mother pray for my siblings and me, and then, you know, crane up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I heard my mother quote that over and over again. And after her death, as we all have grown older, I saw some changes within certain members of my family. And we haven't seen all those changes that we want to see. But the scripture verse that our ministry is based on is Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the scripture but hope is the key word that we bring and that is kind of built in as you become uh, instilled as a volunteer. Yeah. And 
I've also learned from watching and listening and seeing life changes. To give up hope is to give up the faith that we have. Yet God is always at work. No, I don't know how he's always at work. And I sure wish he'd work differently in a lot of times. In fact, I've told him to do it differently often, and he said, no, I have a better plan. I just kind of shook my head thinking that's not possible. Yes, he is always at work. He can change whoever it is as long as we are faithful and living out our faith and sharing the Christ we serve. You know, I heard missionaries talk about that forever, but they were going off someplace. You know, they were serving overseas or in some other city that was like another country to me. That is the truth, to be living out who we are in Christ. I pray that when I come to the end of my journey and there's a celebration of life, the words will be said, she was faithful. Well, let's look at the flip side of that. What do you tell the women when they're getting to go back to the free world and they've tried and they've tried and they've tried to reconnect with family and family's like, nope, nope, uh, nope, we're not going there again. We've tried, we've been down that road. What do you tell to those women in prison? That God has a plan that he's going to open a door that you never expected, that he is never going to leave you alone. I will always be with you. And the hard part is to stay faithful to that core value. Yeah. Sometimes you have to set boundaries and you have to knock people out of your lives so that you can change. Yeah. So that you're not going to, you know, some of the women have been in three, four, five times. Yeah. And if you want it to be different, you have to do something different. And sometimes that means walking away from certain people, friends and family. It's a matter of trusting God that he's going to open the door. We have a schedule. We've made a commitment. We're there, and that's what the, the women know we're going to be there. Yeah. And that's what most of them have never had in their life, yeah. is somebody who is always there, who believes they can change, yeah. who believes in them. And modeling that behavior for them. Carol, as we wrap up, I wonder if you would be brave enough to sing the song that you learned as a child about going wherever he leads. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so, wherever he leads, I'll go.
that's the call for us all as Christians, that wherever He leads, we will go. Sometimes it will lead to unexpected places like prison. As my husband says, it's not the safest place to be in the center of God's will, but it is the absolute best place. Yes. So friends listening, wherever He leads you today, go. Take up your cross and follow Him and run toward whatever He has for you. Carol, thank you for being with us today, for talking with us about what God is doing in your life, about what God is doing in the lives of women in jail and prison. It's, it's exciting to see that transformation at work. It's exciting to know that at my age, God is still using me <laughs> and to have the privilege of touching lives and to be available. And uh, I'm grateful that God has never taken His hand off my life. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening to this edition of On the Journey Conversations. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Carol.